As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ovaltine is made by creep, creepy people. Welcome to All Comics Considered, the only podcast funded entirely by bears. I'm Marty, and if you listen very closely, you can hear my death rattle. I'm producer Tim, and I'm basing all my retirement income on podcasts. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm Nick, and I ain't got no time for money, because money can't buy me Godfather's Pizza, which has closed all of its local franchises. Mm. Well, at least Rachel will have her Pizza Hut. This week, listeners, in addition to talking about pizza, we are going to talk about Asian American History Month uh, with some of our favorite creators in that jo- in our favorite genre of comics. We're going to talk about who the MCU should cast Dwayne The Rock Johnson, actor and eventual, I guess, presidential candidate in 2020, and a pull box. And even if the only thing we talk about pull box is what I want to talk about, we're going to talk about it. Because I am dying to talk about this book. But first, let's talk about Asian American History Month. So, listeners, May is Asian American History Month, and last year at this time we had a longer set of features about Asian American creators, and this year we are going to talk about some of our favorites. Who wants to talk about their favorites first? I guess since I'm the resident Asian in the house, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I'm going to talk about Greg Pak. Greg Pak is similar to me in that he's an Asian-American that's half Korean and half white. 
I don't like to say half. I like to say double blessed. Um, but in a surprising twist, uh, not he's he's actually older than I am. He's forty eight years old. That's not the surprising part. The surprising part is he's older than me, and he's got a Korean father and an American mother. So so that sort of flips the script. You don't see that very often. So shout out to uh, Mr. Pack, Greg Pack's dad for uh, breaking through racial barriers in that way. So, good job, guy. Um, the reason I uh, really like Greg Pack, um, I didn't really know much about him until the Totally Awesome Hulk series came out, which I've talked about at length. Um, and I think they've really hit their stride with uh, issue 15, where they where he put together an all-Asian cast, which I've never actually seen outside of uh, Deadly Hands of Shang-Chi many many years ago so thank you for doing that that was pretty phenomenal and additionally i think amadeus joe cho is a is a kind of a jerk and kind of an idiot sometimes <laughs> um i'm sorry really now is. i'm imagining a character named amadeus joe <laughs> amadeus joe brought to you by utilicals yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so 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 he's writing Amadeus Cho, aka the Hulk, and Hulk's a stupid jerk sometimes, and uh, irritating. He reminds me of a, a very hormonal, you know, kind of bro uh, college guy, which you know it's tiresome. But I also have to point out that uh, Pack preserved and remembered to bring back uh, Maddie Cho, who is Amadeus's sister. And she is a breath of fresh air. She is an Asian-American woman in the Marvel Universe who is not a dragon lady. She's not uh, a girlfriend. She is just as smart as Amadeus, but she has her head squarely on her shoulders, unlike her stupid brother. Her genius brother, who is irritatingly bro-ish. Um, so, yeah. So, thanks, Greg, for writing a really good Asian-American um woman in the Marvel Universe. A rarity, if I do say so myself. Uh, Amadeus Cho definitely has some money invested in Axe Body Spray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He he strikes me as like every like a, a lot of the suburban kids that I uh, used to work with. Um, which is to say like, spot on. I, I have, I don't have an issue with teenage characters. Uh, they don't bother me. Teenagers don't typically bother me unless it's a movie and they're talking. That's when they bother me. But my my mother-in-law who talks during movies bothers me. So it's I think there's something else there. Uh, I am super excited for Greg Pak's Weapon X, um, which is on my bed and I'm supposed to read it. Uh, uh, and it's like, Wolf, you know, all new Wolverine and Wolverine and a couple of others. And I'm super excited. He's been one of my favorite writers for a while. So, yeah, I've read uh, bits and pieces by him over the years. Like he's been he's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, just as kind of like one of those staple names. Yeah, he's also the reason why Frank Cho is no longer like really doing much at Marvel. So, thank you, Greg. So I didn't realize Greg was instrumental in getting a uh, Cho the boot. Yep. He was like, that's not the tone that we want for this book. 
Greg Pak also wrote a uh, the the uh, the ABCs of disgusting the ABC disgusting children's book, which uh, my nephew has, which was I don't remember. I will put it in the show notes, but uh, it's also a hilarious hilarious book. Nick, cool. who do you want to talk about? Uh, why don't you go ahead, Marty? You got it. So I, when we were talking about this in the Slack channel, I was like, like listing some of the books that we were talking about and Tim and Nick called me out for, and not meanly, but they said, you talked about that last year. So I need something different. And I was thinking about all of the books that I have read and loved. And it, I kept coming back to the century, um, not for his eventual inclusion into the rest of the Marvel universe. I think the initial century trade paperback or, or that miniseries is just a perfect introduction and ending for that character. It is drawn by Jay Lee, who has also written the, who also drew the uh, Grant Morrison, fantastic four one shot, one, two, three, four, which is also in my top 10 of fantastic four stories. He is an incredible artist. Uh, part of that, uh, not part of the image family, but he has been around since that image was created. Uh, he read one of the first X, excuse me, he read, well, he read it cause he probably read the script, but he drew, um, a significant part of the executioner's <laughs> song. I know, right? Listen, this is, this brain is not at to speed today. Um, but he drew, uh, my first, X title that I ever read, which is Executioner Song. So I am super jazzed to see more about Jay Lee. And I think for me, the best thing that he has done um, was the century. His color, his coloring, his lines, the way he draws the century from his super heroic to his most down on his luck phase is the classic way that care is well, it's the defining moment of that character. It's the introduction of that character and it's stunning. And uh, he brings everything you want about that character to life. Um, and that's why I think it should, you know, you should have just used the sentry there and never used him again, but that's not what happens. But Jay Lee Beautiful, amazing artist who has done some of my favorite work in both Fantastic Four and The Sentry. So that is, uh, I want to give a shout out to Jay Lee for a lot of the work that he has done. Uh, Ty, I actually wanted to uh, talk and in particular get Tim's opinion because I know he's, he's seen the movie and this is obviously a topic near and dear to his heart. Um, I wanted to get his opinions on uh, the character of Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, because uh, I walked out of that movie feeling a little weird about that character. I I was not the biggest fan of the way that she was portrayed, I guess. I mean, she's portrayed in several ways that are disturbing. A, she's uh, portrayed as a victim, because she is. Uh, B, She's portrayed as uh, someone that is is very passive. Um, again, this ties into victimhood. Uh, she's simple, but that speaks again to her abuse of rearing by this omnipotent uh, being who did not give uh, any shits about her except as a uh, sentient sleeping pill. Yeah, I mean, like, she struck me as, like, this, you know, sort of uh, 
mail order bride kind of stereotype, you know? Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, she was not well written. She, uh, she, her character widely varied from uh, her debut in the Avengers, where she was, um, from what I recall, you know, she was the uh, uh, the celestial mother figure eventually. Yeah. And she also had, you know, incredible martial arts, and she was a powerful figure. And here, all that is uh, inverted. She's weak. Uh, I hope that they do not drop the character uh, in the third movie, but I do hope that they sort of improve uh, the way that she appears on the screen. Uh, I did like the movie a lot. We're going to talk about the movie in full uh, in in a later episode, so I'm not going to get into it too much. But uh, that character in particular was, uh, yeah, not... Not, man. I don't know. It, it, honestly, that character was exactly what I what I expected from Marvel at this point when they're depicting Asians on the screen. Like I just don't even know what's going on with them. The only time that Marvel does okay with depicting Asians on the screen is in Agents of Shield. Yep. Everywhere else, it's just a, it's a farce. I'm getting kind of goddamn sick of it, Marvel. Yep. That's pretty much what my expectation of the character was when I saw her was, which was, uh, but I haven't seen Guardians yet, so I haven't been disappointed yet. So, uh, and so I did not think that the movie was disappointing. So, um, but yeah, as a I, whole, I the movie had an important message, and the part with Mantis marred it. It underscored it, underscored the theme, in my opinion. Um, but it was it was disappointing, that part. But again, mm. we're not going to talk about it at length because we're going to do it as a group. So, there you go. So here's an uh, uplifting final note. Uh, they had the Spider-Man Homecoming uh, trailer in front of Guardians, and I am so ridiculously uh, excited for Genki's role in that movie. The, the not Genki? Yeah. The very clearly Genki. You guys are coming up with titles for, like, Genki's solo adventure book, which <laughs> I think should be a thing. Um, that's awesome. I, yeah, I'm very... Yeah, I want to see that. But I... You know you know what's weird about the Genki role? That's what's in that? Homecoming? His uh, character name is Ned Leeds, a.k.a. Hobgoblin. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit is right. Oh, man. Now I'm oh. really excited. Man, I don't want to see that guy become Hobgoblin, though, because he's adorable, and I love him. Uh, well, they could go in a very different direction with the character. I mean, Hobgoblin was never, like, he was never the, the Green Goblin, you know? Like, you know, Hobgoblin was just, like, a thief that stumbled onto one of Green Goblin's old weapons collections, you know? He was never, like, the same kind of psychopath that Green Goblin was. They, they could make him in the, the, good green, the good Green Goblin. Exactly. There was, there was a variant. Yeah. We'll see. Let's hope so. We'll see. Okay. Well, let's talk about Dwayne Johnson. Nick, 
I need you to explain this segment. It, you know, just to kind of tag on the back of the uh, Asian American uh, uh, month, um, Dwayne, uh, Asian American Pacific Islander, uh, Dwayne Johnson is the highest earner uh, in Hollywood right now. And, uh, you know, with the uh, MCU casting people like Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo, uh, we still haven't seen him cast. So who do you think that uh, if and when he inevitably gets cast, uh, he is going to be? So I have no idea, and I am still <laughs> thinking about it. But Nick, why don't you go? Nick or Tim, like you guys have – you have two beautiful answers, and, and I'm envious that you have both of them. So uh, if you think about it, uh, The Rock basically kind of is Wonder Man in real life. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's essentially a superhero that makes movies. Yeah. Uh, he has the uh, the charm and the charisma to pull that role off in a way that could make it, it that could very seriously elevate it uh, beyond its importance from the comic page. Um, you know, Wonder Man has a, an important role to play in the in the Marvel the history of the Marvel universe. Uh, you know, uh, in the comics because his personality was used uh, to create the Vision. Um, so while he is not sort of like a frontline Avenger very often. Uh, his influence kind of, you know, lingers on throughout the comics. And uh, it would be incredibly difficult, I think, to cast someone who can pull that role off and make it heroic while maintaining that, you know, uh, uh, the rock level of affable arrogance uh, that Wonder Man carries about himself. Yeah. And... Wonder Man, I mean, Wonder Man just came back recently, like at the end of uh, Uncanny Avengers. Like he is, he died and now he's back. Um, hmm. Hmm. What do you think, Tim? I like your pick. I don't think Marvel is going to touch Wonder Man after the Wonder Woman movie from DC uh, is going to come out. Uh, so I think they'll you know, quietly retire him and not introduce him into the world. You know what? You know what would be a fun twist. I'm varying from the script. Uh, a couple of years ago, Dwayne Johnson did a Hercules movie. Oh, what if, what if he was Hercules? Man! Oh my God! That's another good one. Damn it! That's two. That's three good ones, and I didn't say anything. That's amazing. He would be a good Hercules. He would make a great Hercules. I would pay all the money for that. Um, the one that I wrote down. However, and I don't think this is going to come to pass, hmm. uh, is, um, well, do, uh, at the end of, uh, spoiler alert, no, it's not a spoiler alert because it's been around for over 50 years, 40 years, uh, there's a character in the uh, Marvel Universe called Adam Warlock, and he was designed by aliens to become the perfect uh, being. Um, he was genetically designed. And, uh, I mean... Just look at The Rock. He's a perfect specimen. So he's my pick as uh, Adam Warlock or as Hercules. So um, I think it's a fantastic choice. I am trying to imagine uh, The Rock with that like feathered 80s rocker hair that Adam <laughs> Warlock sports. <laughs> they would have to just redo the look. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. him being golden. 
it would be worth it though to redo the look. Uh, Adam Warlock, by the way, plays a uh, crucial role in the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, which is clearly going to uh, serve as, prob- you know, at the very least, an inspiration, if not the main seed for the upcoming uh, Infinity War movies. Now that you've had some time to, to to think it over, did you come up with an idea? Man, I have not come up with a good one. Like, I thought briefly, uh, Ares. I think that could work. Um, but we haven't really seen a lot of Ares outside of the secret, uh, Hickman's secret warriors run. Um, and even, and, uh, fear itself. And he was also a dark Avenger, uh, which I haven't finished the dark Avengers run. Um, man, I have one for you, Marty. Who? Hyperion. Yeah. I thought about, I was thinking about Hyperion. I actually thought the Sentry. Um, yeah, but the Sentry sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if it was like if it if they did like a short, um, but also I just I don't see Dwayne Johnson like letting himself go. He that'd have to be like hella CGI'd uh for him to be, you know, his alter ego. I I'm like there's nobody that I can think of off the top of my head, uh or even wait a minute. What if he was Gladiator? Yeah, I thought about that too, but uh, I feel like uh, Gladiator is hmm, like Gladiator doesn't have the right feel. I think for him, they already cast a Gladiator. Yeah, he has been in a movie. I think he has. I think they like showed him from a distance in one of them or something. He's uh, showing up in Ragnarok. Mm. Ah, oh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, fuck. Well, then uh, he's just featuring prominently currently in, not prominently, but he had a a side bit in Thor and he was in Infinity. Um, So, I mean, he would have made, oh, no. He could have made a great, no. No, like, he wouldn't make a great Black Bolt either. Actually, no, he would make a pretty great Black Bolt just because of, like, how he could just, with his eyes, because of how expressive he could be with his eyes. Um, But I got... Guys, I got nothing. I can't. My, my, no my third pick for him, for me here. Distant third pick, would be Better A Bill. Uh, that's not a bad pick either. Mm. Again, uh, yeah. CGI, but I, I think he's got the attitude, and he could be lovable as well, so I think that would work out. He's got the I think signs. so. I, and I... Do, do we all do we secretly love Beta Ray Bill, right? Oh. Like I see. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of okay, course. Okay. All right. As long as we all secretly love Beta Ray Bill. Um as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm not even what ashamed if- of it. There's no secrets. Okay, good. Um, he doesn't get enough love in the MC, in the Marvel Universe as a whole. I, I might, I'm going to keep thinking about this. Uh, so I might uh, have an answer. I... I had a couple of runners up that I didn't go with. I thought he might make a pretty good uh, thing, but I, I really want that role to go to a Jewish actor. Um, but I think yeah. The Rock could definitely pull Ben Grimm off. Um, and the other role I thought uh, I considered was Plastic Man, uh, because Dwayne Johnson is a very talented comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think that Bruce Campbell is Plastic Man. So if they if they went with anybody but Bruce Campbell, they'd be insane. You know, I I just every character I think of, I'm like, hey, it could work, but I I think it's a waste because I don't really care for that character. Um, like <laughs> Atlas, uh, who's a, a Thunderbolt. Like he, it, you wouldn't need to put him in the, you know, he's he's got one of those. He's one of those uh, growing superhero. Power things. What about Kang? Hmm. There are. What would be cool is if they just went with like so many versions of Kang. And let <laughs> just him just do cast that. like twelve people. Why not? Or or just let him do all the roles um, and just CGI the hell out of them. Um, <laughs> well, like an Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> yeah. Why not? He could um, be Kang. He could do it. Scarlet Centurion, who's the same person. He could be uh, what's the Egyptian one? Uh, uh, Immortus. Iron Lad. Iron Lad. Immortus. Yeah, Immortus and Iron Lad. Yeah. Um, who else could he be? Man, this is gonna bother me like for the rest of the night. It's like, bothering I'm be thinking, me because like, we both came up with good ones, and you're like, well. Um. He could be D-Man, Ugh. who got rehabilitated Ugh. in a recent run. No. He, well, D-Man was also a wrestling-themed superhero He's for a while. also, yeah, not a fan. Uh, I'd love to see him as a recasted juggernaut. That could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I also see him as a U.S. agent. Huh. Huh. I hate that character, so I didn't think of putting him in that role. Um, I just, I yeah, I think I see just see U.S. Agent as younger, I think. I only see him as U.S. Agent because he did so well with the uh, G.I. Joe franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he would make... I feel like uh, The Rock would be a good inhuman... And I don't know what Inhuman... Oh, Gorgon. Gorgon, for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Gorgon. There we go. Gorgon. There's your pick. I just, there's my pick. I don't know enough about the Inhumans. I need to do more looking into them. Gotta read more Fantastic Four. I do need to read a lot more Fantastic Four. Um, basically, what I need to do is quit my job and just read <laughs> comics, play video games... <laughs> And work on, uh, and then base all coding. of your retirement income on podcasts. Apparently, or bears. My plan of retirement, which is a terrible plan. Oh, no one tried that plan. Any okay? Thanks. Unless you're 
you guys heard the podcast Chapo's Trap House? Their Patreon is 55000 a month. Jesus Christ. They're the dirt bag left, and that's how much they're pulling in, and God bless them for it. So, um, Someday. No. $55,000 a month. I would, uh, I want to see I want to see uh The Rock play Red Hulk. God damn it. So That's I good. Uh, I thought about that, but I feel like uh, I'm going to be honest, I feel like being white is a really important part of that character. Yeah. He's literally red. Yeah, but uh, like, but Thunderbolt Ross, man, like that guy is like the epitome of a certain breed of white guy. You know what I mean? I hear you, but I think you could just pull it off because so you know you don't have to put a lot of CGI on the dude. Isn't my point? Yeah, he's. I mean, The Rock is a flexible actor. He can pull off pretty much anything. Yeah, I'm gonna keep thinking about this. I'm gonna go through my Avengers rosters and be like, who would who would who would be a good person for the rock to be how about the least uh least noted uh avenger of all time triathlon oh my god he could be 3d man (laughs) who's as strong as who's as strong as three men like that's and as fast (laughs) as three men i don't know what that means but that's a superpower or he could be the guy that ripped off Wolverine's original mask in a Luchador style. The hero known as Rage. Oh, man. Yeah. That guy. Oh. Or, or yeah. Darkhawk. Darkhawk. <laughs> man, I have... Sleepwalker. Darkhawk. I have the first 50 issues of Darkhawk somewhere in my oh basement, my guys. Don't Don't... He could be Nomad. Why not? Right? No, he couldn't. He's too good for Nomad. He's too good for Swordsman, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually probably would have cast him as Apocalypse. I was thinking that, too. I was thinking that, too. You know who he could be? Black Knight. Why, because he's part black? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but because Black Knight's got that... Um, you know he's he's the rock has done sword and sorcery movies i think this would be a perfect fit for him yeah let's just call it he's hercules he's hercules fair enough oh yeah he can't be cast as gorgon cuz the uh, they already cast gorgon in that really bad looking inhuman show which they need to, they need to put a little bit more disney money behind that show to make that thing work yeah that i mean most it's the hair man it's medusa's hair that throws the whole damn thing off like the rest oh, of it would right. be like shaky but but kind of acceptable but no yeah they have to dump so much they have to make that hair perfect and i don't think they're going to do it mm-hmm. um okay well now that we have cast the rock in every single role in the marvel <laughs> cinematic universe let's move on to the topic of pull box, which tonight might just very well be what Marty is into, so everyone else should be too, because it's that good.
Does anyone have a pull box item that they want to talk about? Uh, I haven't finished the vision yet, so I want to finish before I talk about it. Okay. Uh, there is only one comic book series that I want everyone to read, and I'll go first. And that is Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and Two I say up. this, I don't say this tongue-in-cheek, I'm actually very serious about this. Because I know that a lot of people have been having a really hard time with, you know, current events with our super villain in chief and staff heading the White House. And we can use a little bit of escapism once in a while. And there's no more pure a good book. I mean, the word good as in uh, you know benevolent than Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers. It is funny. It is cute. And... Uh, if you need some funny and cute, go pick it up. It's in Marvel Universe. Marvel Unlimited, sorry. Uh, who's the who's the creative team on that book? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that, so I totally had that ready to go. Time passes. It was written by Chris Iliop. Polis. Oh yes. shit! Really? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. That person that Marty apparently knows really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Ultimate Spider-Man. He uh, he won a Harvey Award in two thousand eight. He is a, a cartoonist and letterer uh, who is uh, basically worked with everybody in the industry. Period. Uh, very cool interview. Very cool guy. Uh, he is the creative force behind my name is uh, blank series of children's books about famous people. Um, he's a he's a very talented human being. Um, yeah, I really like the series, and we get to see uh, Lockjaw, uh, Thor, Frog, or Throg, Lockheed the Dragon, Redwing, who's a big jerk. Zabu, the Sabretooth, uh, Miss Lion from Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. He's just a little idiot, but, you know, you got to love him. Um, and, uh, yeah, just check it out. It's fun. It's fun times. I got I have to read it because, like, I, I don't understand why Red Wing would be a jerk. I mean, Sam's jerk. not a jerk. Maybe hawks are just jerks. He's a jerk because he can fly and no one else can. Dumb jerks. He kind of respects. He respects Lockjaw because he can fly. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That is that is something birds are like. Fuck you! I can fly. That's right. They are. They they are arrogant that way. They are superior in that way. Well, I would agree. Uh, with until we, yes. Okay, everybody, drum roll, please. My pick is Black Bolt by Saladin Ahmed and Christian J. Ward. Let me talk about this book because I haven't talked enough about it on Twitter and I haven't told enough people about it. Um, Black Bolt is one of those characters that, I mean, he doesn't talk much. Uh, We've seen him in a lot of different books from Hickman's Fantastic Four. He's a Kirby character. Um, We've seen this character do lots of weird stuff and uh, he... At the end of the Inhumanity event, which totally fizzled because Matt Fraction said, I'm out. And thank you, Matt Fraction, for saying I'm out because 
That was too much. Um, Saladin is taking this character and doing something completely new with it. Um, and he's paired up with Christian Ward, who I've talked about before on the show. He is the artist on Odd Sea, the other Matt Fraction book. The cover of Black Bolt number one is all black with bars, and you see Black Bolt's face behind it. And Saladin, uh, who learned to read by reading Marvel comics, uh, and is the author of uh, Throne of the Crescent Moon. Um, it is such an amazing book, guys. Like, I, like, what, how to talk about this book. Um, he gets uh, Black Bolt's sense of uh, imperiousness. He gets that, like, he, you don't, there's not a lot of dialogue for Black Bolt because when Black Bolt speaks, his superpowers, he ruins the world. Like, it just, blow stuff up. He's been able to, you know, that's part of how he flies. And that's part of like, he's powered starships through his scream. Um, a whisper can destroy a city block kind of thing. So here we are, um, figuring out what's going on. Where is black bolt? Where has he been? Uh, we're not sure where it takes place in the timeline of comics and, if you're really concerned about the timeline of comics, welcome to all comics considered. Clearly this is the first time you've ever listened to the show. Um, this is just an amazing example of, of working within, within the panels of accepted Canon. Um, this is a Canon book. What makes it so good is just, he gets all this, uh, he gets black bolt so well, just by helping to process the thoughts. The art is psychedelic. Which, which, if you're talking about a Kirby book and a Kirby-inspired book, Psychedelic should play a little bit into it. Uh, Christian Ward is a phenomenal artist who plays with um, uh, perspective and plays with color and plays with panels placement. What makes Black Bolt number one so good, though, is just like the last, it's like the first couple pages and the last page um, where it's, there's a, a series of, th of, uh, of, uh, there's a theme that repeats is like, repent for your sins. Black Bolt has done some awful things like the inhuman, the Terrigen Mist Cloud. That's all thanks to Black Bolt. Uh, and he's in this prison that he helped design, I guess. And he's got to find his way out. And he doesn't have his superpowers. So good. It is so good. Because uh, I don't want to spoil the whole book, but it's a pretty dramatic thing. You're like, because you know when Black Bolt speaks, he can... That's a superpower. So when he finally confronts his jailer, or who we think is his jailer, well, I'll leave it there. Um, the book was actually conceptualized about Crusher Creel, um, and it was supposed to be Crusher, Crusher Creel in some sort of cosmic jail. So the absorbing man in, in a cosmic jail, but uh, Saladin changed, uh, inserted Black Bolt into that world that he built, and now it's its own series. Tim, in six months' time, you have to read Black Bolt number one, or pick it up as a flop. I like they're going to make fun of his name in book two, guys. They're going to call him out for his dumb name in <laughs> Blackagar Boltagar. Yeah, like it's that that panel. I don't feel bad saying this because that panel's floating around on the internet. It's like Crusher Kill's like, so your name is Blackgar Boltagon, and you call yourself Black Bolt, and then it's just him laughing at him. So, um, Black Bolt, guys. 
It's so good. I have to admit, I really want uh, Black Bolt to be voiced by the squeaky uh, voice teenager from The Simpsons. <laughs> Damn it! I, one, one, one question, Marty. Do they still have yes. Black Bolt running a, uh, you know, a bar? No, he's in prison. There's no... Well, he might be. Maybe in issue three, he's running... He's got a bathroom still, but I, <laughs> so far... <laughs> so far, no. Because if you're reading, the, if you're reading the Inhumans, that's what he's doing right now. Really? I didn't say that randomly. That's that's what he's doing. Well, you do occasionally say things randomly. There's there's always a method to it. But is he working in the bar with no name? No, he's got his own bar. Okay, that's awesome. But yeah, uh, Boltagons, guys. I am so jealous. Boltagons. I <laughs> this book is so good. You're so excited about this book that I'm surprised you didn't know that he was running a bar called the Quiet Room. No, I. Queen. It's not. I mean, that's a different book. This is a solo book written yeah. by like an amazing writer, and drawn by one of like an amazing artist. Like it's one of those one of those teams that I feel like, and I would love to ask Saladin or Christian this question. Like, do you guys do you guys got that synergy going? Because it really feels from the book that you got that going. Um, I'm super excited. I would also would throw in Star Lord, like the first. It also got canceled recently, but it is f- Chip Zdarsky's Star Lord is phenomenal. I like that they put Kitty right in there. That Kitty's in Star Lord, yeah. I think she needs to be used more, and she's being wasted in the X Men usually. Well, we'll see what happens with her. She's in her own book, but we'll see. I'm just super excited about Black Bolt. Um. Like, it's so good. I am supporting Saladin's Patreon, and I bought his uh, first novel, and I'm just reading everything that he's written. So, I'm addicted. It's super good. If you guys haven't seen Steven Universe, they left it on a hell of a cliffhanger. That's like the first time at the end of an episode I've been, like, uncomfortable. And now I'm, you know, like, I need to see the next one. (laughs) I was deeply uncomfortable with Kitten Fingers. Okay, yeah, so that one also freaked the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, that was what that that specific moment in the show was when I realized the depth of which the show had to offer, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that was such a, a weird psychedelic moment. <laughs> Kitten fingers didn't freak me out, but I totally understand why it would freak people out. Like that was, I can see that be, that was, I get why that's disturbing. Uh, the kitten fingers incident is a uh, Tim's talking about is when uh, Stephen discovers that he can manipulate his own body to to uh, change it into other things, and he changes one of his fingers into a kitten, and then uh, because this ability is essentially based on Stephen's imagination, he and Stephen is an imaginative child. Uh, he is unable to stop imagining uh, his entire body turning into like thousands of tiny little kitten heads, and it's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a cartoon. It's pretty freaky. <clears throat> it speaks to the loss of autonomy, of body autonomy, and it's it's horrifying, but cute and funny and horrifying. That show just has a magical way of talking about uh, the very you know, real deep issues that we all go through when we're trying to grow up. It took, it took a while to grow on me, but I, I, I do enjoy Steven Universe.
Thank you for listening to All Comics Considered, the comic book podcast with a heart. Mad props to our amazing, you guys do not know how amazing Steve is, because he salvaged last week's episode. Um, if you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Tumblr at All Comics Considered. And on Twitter, you can always follow us on All Comics Cast. Your ratings, reviews, likes, shares, reblogs, follows, and quoted tweets help us bring our ongoing conversation to an even wider and amazingly sophisticated audience. Because y'all are some sophisticated motherfuckers. Your hosts have been Marty Gleason, and you can always find me running the All Comics Considered Twitter feed or at One Pretentious Bastard on Twitter. I'm producer Tim. You could rarely find me at Tim Considers on Twitter, manning our Facebook page, and yelling at you at raceinvaders.org. I'm legally Nick Fury. And Hannah, our lovely Hannah, is out sick this week, but send her some thoughts so that she feels better next week. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and until next time, action heroes, eat your astronaut ice cream. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.